Hello, my name's Benjamin Gully. Uh, thank you for listening to my flood story. I'd like you to leave the quad now and head towards Keene Street. Turn right and walk down past the Tats Hotel to the corner where the lighting shop is. When you get there, cross the road, turn left and continue along Woodlark Street. Lismore has always been an important place for me. Everyone is so much friendlier and so much more engaging than what I've experienced in a metropolitan area. I moved up here uh, just before my 20th birthday in 2000 and I left again to go back to Sydney in 2006. So I'd spent 11 years away in total and I just felt the pull back to Lismore. I rang my twin sister and made the move back to Lismore. In the rain, three days before the flood, I can't even really put into words how amazing it was to, to be at my sister's place with my beautiful niece and nephew, with my amazing brother-in-law. It was just so nice to be back with family. I arrived back in Lismore with a car and trailer load full of my personal belongings, which I was able to store in an office space that was adjacent to my brother-in-law's workshop on Snow Street in South Lismore. It made me think of the video game Tetris, so I carefully had boxed things along the sides of the wall and had created an aisle so that we could walk through the office space with ease. It was amazing being back with my family. I was taking my niece and nephew out for walks when I'd take my dog out, play in the backyard, bounce on the trampoline, just silly stuff that family does. The weather at the time that I had arrived back in Lismore was humid, and when it wasn't humid, it was just a lot of rain, which I don't mind. I love, I love rainy weather. Wednesday, we were okay. Wednesday, everyone was still still had their humour about them. We weren't panicking. My twin sister lives in what I refer to as one of the only elevated properties in North Lismore. So I felt safe and secure in the fact that the house wasn't going to get flooded. We might get cut off. But by Thursday, things started to get really stressful around early afternoon was when I started to get really tense and really anxious and concerned about my belongings that I'd stored in South Lismore. I was being guided by my sister and brother-in-law as far as when to get my belongings to higher ground. So it wasn't until my brother-in-law had said, Ben, we need to get to the workshop now, that I felt a sense of urgency and so we got to the workshop in South Lismore. And the first thing that I went for was my vinyl records, which is a modest collection, but they're very precious to me. And so I began the process of moving my crates of records up to this mezzanine level, which was several metres up off the ground. I felt was a really safe space for my belongings. So I'd moved my records 
and then started to just move random boxes as best as I could up this metal ladder onto this catwalk, which proved to be a very, very hard task. I had exhausted myself before too long. I was walking in water just past my ankles at that point, but it was coming in and it was coming in fast, quick. Before I knew it, it was almost, I'd say it was just under my knees. So yeah, there was a real sense of urgency, hurry up, get as much as I can to higher ground. And at that point after the records, I was just madly grabbing boxes, not being fully conscious of what was in them. I managed to get maybe less than a quarter of my belongings up onto this catwalk and I'd resigned myself to the fact that if everything else takes a bath, everything else takes a bath. We couldn't actually move any more stuff. We were putting ourselves at risk. So my brother-in-law grabbed me. We got into his ute and drove back to North Lismore before we got cut off. So it felt like a bit of a waiting game because we didn't have much to do except wait for the waters to, to rise. So rather than focus on that, I just chose to focus on the fact that I was back with my family. Where my sister had me uh, stationed was actually in a caravan out the back, which was nice. I had my own space. On Thursday morning, I woke up. I open the doors and I'm greeted by these two donkeys who I was most enchanted by and most amused by. Not even thinking about the flood. I said goodbye to the donkeys and I walked further up the hill and turned around to look out onto the Lismore showground. The only thing that you could see that was visible as far as structures in the showground were the tops of the pavilions, which just looked like little triangles, little pyramids poking up out of the water. I referred to, to the showgrounds as the Grand Lakes of Lismore. And at that point, my sister and I decided to walk out along the train line. We got to that point where the, the bridge goes over Alexandra Parade and I remember looking down at the water, which was literally lapping underneath the sleeper of the railway line. And I was taking some photos, and I remember feeling, despite, oh gosh, this flood's really full on, I just felt, felt light. And my sister remarked about the photos that I was taking, and, and oh, do you think that we're making too much light of the situation? You know, other people are having a really rough time and a really bad time, and here we are taking photos and selfies and laughing. I found myself responding with that this was our coping mechanism. This was how we dealt with it. And I've always dealt with, uh, dealt with things like that with a certain um, amount of humour, and this was no exception. Thursday night, we all, we all went to bed without really fully knowing what we were going to be waking up to. Before I go on, let me check with you. You should be on Woodlark Street now. When you get to Summerland Arcade, wander up there if it's open. 
Inside is Augustine's The Wine Bar, one of my favourite hairdressers, The Boys, and The Pickled Herd, which has the best waffles around. Lismore's arcades really are its hidden gems. I'm a pretty light sleeper at the best of times, and the sound of the rain on the, on the, on the roof of the caravan was so loud, so incredibly loud, it was deafening. So I had already had trouble sleeping that night. And I remember the sound of the siren waking me up. It sounded like an air raid siren, something that they would have heard in World War, World War Two. The siren went for what would have, would have been maybe three minutes, but it felt like three hours. When I think about that noise, I, 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 I feel quite anxious. I got up at that point, and so I took that as a, as a means to get up into the main house and go and see my sister and make sure my family were, were okay, which, of course, they were. We were focusing on the kids. They were really excited that there was all this rain and that it was flooding, so it was almost like a, a bit of a game for them. So for the next couple of days, we didn't really have much to occupy ourselves with, and especially after the electricity got cut off. So playing board games, hide and seek. We were being super mindful of um, the fridge and freezer and the food that we had there. Uh, and to prevent further spoilage, it, it felt like we were having a barbecue for the next three days. My brother-in-law seemed to be in a uh, perpetual uh, cycle of cooking. So late Saturday afternoon, the floodwaters had receded enough in the showgrounds for my brother-in-law and I to drive in his ute in a diagonal direction across the showgrounds to get to Modenville shops, which at that point was the only place that we, we had access to. Before I go on, I'd like you to retrace your steps towards the quad. On Sunday, the waters had receded enough for me to go to Snow Street to survey the damage and see what of my belongings I needed to throw out. Opening that door to that room, when I think about that, that still, still rattles me. So I'd carefully positioned all my belongings in this small office space, and when I opened the door and looked at the room, it looked like someone had spun the room upside down and flick-coated it in dirt and mud. Everything was upside down, broken, bashed in. And I remember looking at it thinking, I'm going to have to throw all of this out. When I saw the room, I was firstly very grateful for the th for the things that I was able to move up to higher ground. But then came the task of going through uh, what had been flood damaged. I managed to salvage all my clothes, just took a couple of uh, couple of goes in the washing machine to to clear all that up. And I think probably one of the most painful things for me to part with was artworks that I'd created over the course of many years photographs, art supplies, my journals. 
There's one object that I go to <clears throat> that I think about all the time, and that's a shoebox full of letters from my favourite aunt. And these are letters that spans the good part of 20 years. And um, not having those letters anymore is really quite painful. It might sound trivial to to someone else, but for me, I couldn't put a monetary value on that. I couldn't put a price on, on that one letter, let alone a shoebox full of letters. And um, for me, the real tragedy is that, you know, no one, no one writes those sorts of letters anymore. And any time that I was um, feeling a little bit down or a little bit blue, I'd pull this shoebox out and reread some of the funny letters that my aunt wrote me over the years. The cleanup for me took the good part of two weeks. I'd actually found myself getting involved in other people's cleanups, which was a good distraction, but um, it also delayed me in, in getting my own stuff cleaned up. A lot of it was just involved throwing stuff in wheelbarrows, dumping it out the front ready for the council cleanup. Prior to the flood, I just got myself a job in town at one of the local cafes and they took a long time to, to reopen and then when they did reopen, didn't stay open for long before they, they closed their doors for the last time. So I was, I was, I was really focused on being gainfully employed when I, when I moved back to Lismore. So I just got myself a job at one of the local cafes prior to the flood hitting and this cafe received a significant amount of, of damage and it seemed to take forever for them to reopen. And when they did, it seemed like several weeks later they were closed again for the last time. Um, a bigger clean-up that I got involved in was the clean-up at Music Bazaar, which is a record store located on Magellan Street, just across from the pie cart. And being involved in that clean-up put things into a much larger perspective. Seeing the damage that had uh, occurred at that shop and the clean-up involved helped me put into perspective my own experience and my own clean-up, which, in comparison, didn't seem as dire or as bad and um, through that experience was able to reconnect with my friend Deb who owns Music Bazaar. Deb was one of the first people that I met back in 2000 when I first moved to Lismore so it was really nice to reconnect with an old friend. It seemed like I, I spent a couple of months getting crates of CDs and cleaning them it felt important to be able to help her clean the shop and clean stock as well. Watching the town band together at such a crucial time and seeing how much we all did for each other was, was really quite beautiful and quite lovely. Which reminded me of, of why I, I fell in love with Lismore in the first place was the people and 
how open and engaging and how ready they are to, to help each other. And so three years on, I feel like I've finally arrived in Lismore. Particularly in the first two years after the flood, it felt like it, it took a while for, for the town to bounce back and yeah, it feels like I've, I've finally arrived in Lismore. I think we were all so distracted with what was going on with the flood and the post-flood clean-up. Now I feel I'm able to think about other things and I'm able to focus on other things. It feels really good to be home. I'd like to thank you all for listening to my flood story. If I could please ask that you return your raincoat, gum boots and headset to the shipping container at the quad. Thank you.